Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always a way out, and it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance, and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, 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 this is Jerry Skelly, and I'm so excited to bring you another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. My hypothesis is that there is brilliance in you. You were born with it. You were made to do the work you are doing, but sometimes we can't find it, and sometimes the journey to get there, ooh, Lordy, it can be a rough one. And so I want to bring my story, and I want to bring you amazing guests who share their light and their brilliance, because my whole thing is to inspire you and give you tips and tools how to navigate the journey and to shine the light on what is possible. And so today, woo, I'm excited to have Miss Karen Graves with us. So Karen and I, we're trying to do the math. We've been like girl crushing for lots of years, right? We, we were speakers seven years ago. I don't know, like lots of years ago with a mutual friend. And we just have kind of watched each other from a distance with great respect. And so when she popped up recently, I'm like, you got to come on my podcast. So Karen, I'm super excited to have you. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so super excited to be here and reconnected with you. Like, like you said, woman crush the whole time yeah. I've known yeah. you. It's just like, what's she doing? What's she doing? Yeah, oh, I'm it's kind of cool when you have a connection and you don't see people regularly, but when their face pops up, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I love that. So tell us, you know, on these podcasts, I don't like to read a formal bio because I just mince all the words and I throw my stupid shit in about it. So <laughs> I make things up. And so we will give you an official bio on the speaker page. But just, I think it's just better. Tell us what you do and what lights you up about it. Yeah. So what I do is I help those who want to go into online coaching and consulting get clients online. And to do that organically, I like to do it with minimal spending. You know, if you're going to spend anything, you'll spend your time, which is what you're doing anyway. But I don't want, you know, I watched a lot of people burn through a lot of their cash reserves and resources to build a business and find themselves, you know, basically cash poor and yeah. client low. And so I want to flip that script and making sure that people, you know, first of all, that you get the clients that you absolutely love, that you are paid what your services are worth, and that you are doing the work that you're meant to do. I do some marketing, I do sales, but at the end of the day, I make sure that you are creating that income and that business that you want. Woo. I love that. You know, because I also have taught a lot of sales and let's just talk about what holds people back from really stepping up and selling the hell out of themselves? Like what, what, what gets in the way of that? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I started, when I started my business, I came from a sales background, like corporate sales. Oh. And I was a sales trainer. <laughs> I managed sales trainers yeah. <laughs> and blew my mind that when it came to promoting myself and selling myself, I was, I couldn't, I was so nervous about it. And I just really shrunk. And what I've, 
found from that is that, you know, we're, it's not, we're so good at promoting other people, but we all have these stories about what sales really is. And so we take this stance of we're taking away from somebody. And the truth of the matter is we're empowering people to make a decision to move forward in whatever direction that is. And it doesn't matter if you're buying toilet paper, uh-huh, toilet uh-huh. paper or, or if you're buying, you know, if you're investing in coaching, mm-hmm. you're helping somebody along the way. But we all look at it. We've all heard bad sales stories. We've all heard, you know, and then it's the whole, how much do I charge? And then we've got our money stories. And so we bring all of that on board and then we're scared to put ourselves out there because, you know, at the end of the day, the biggest problem that we have and the biggest challenge is what will people think of me? In my world, I, I call that shame. That is the voice of shame, right? And so I love the distinction because I always talk about, you're, you're a little smidge younger than me, but you know, 40s, 50s, 60s women, we didn't have Oprah, right? We were not raised to be shouting our praises. We weren't raised to be like, oh, I freaking rocked that. We didn't get that in our cultural conditioning. So for you to be a sales trainer in corporate, like that's cool. But then look, when you start your own business, it's like, what? I can't ask. Like, like, oh my God, when you're doing it for somebody else, that's such a woman thing. Do it for somebody else and you'll rock it, but for yourself. So how did you overcome that? Like, cause that's a kind of a big hurdle. And I know now you've obviously on the other side of it, but talk about how you overcame that. Getting comfortable asking and doing it consistently, uh, even when it hurt, even when I was scared of it, even when, you know, because, because did I know how much to charge out the bat? No, I had to come up with, you know, well, what am I, what am I comfortable saying out loud? You know, what, what makes sense for what I'm getting ready to do? And did I undercharge? Absolutely. Because I didn't Raise know. your hand. Yeah. Right. And, you know, but it was just biting the bullet and having to say, and I started flipping it to is it okay for me to share with you how I can help you? Hmm. Because when I looked at it as, you know, I'm just helping somebody. I really am. And if they say yes, then let me show you what it looks like. And this is, if we're going to move forward, this is how we do it. Right. And from that point, it just started getting easier to say it. Mm -hmm. Now, was it always easy? No. Did I take rejection personally? Yes. You know, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. I had to say, you know what? They're not saying no to me. They're saying no to something that I'm saying about this offer right now, right. you know? So what do I need to know about the no that, hmm. you know, like if I don't personalize it, like if I really look at it objectively, what could they be saying no to? And once I started separating that, it was easier. It, it, you know, then it wasn't about me. It wasn't right. a personal right. attack. Right. <laughs> if they really just meant no right now, and it, it took me quite a time to get there. Yeah. But in time, it's the asking because if you stop asking, that's where you sit in this space mm-hmm. and man, can the stories come mm-hmm. up and man, can you, you can disappear. And trust me, I did that too. You know, like you could just totally just mute and go sit in the corner and be that humble girl that you were told to go be <laughs> when you're growing up. And so I refuse to just believe that I didn't have something of value to offer. And <sighs> so I offer. Okay, hold on. My body's going. Ah, we have to. We have to. We have to deconstruct this. So the first thing I heard was that you set it up such that there was an invitation. It wasn't you doing sales to somebody. You know, in the I've, I always rail against this. The old what do they call it? Like guerrilla sales tactics, self selling, self selling. I mean, it's so like gross. Like you know, I gotta go trick you. I've gotta manipulate you, and I'm gonna catch you in this objection. Like that's how we all 
have been sold to and that has been in the psyche basically. So then you come out and try to sell yourself and it just feels so freaking disgusting. So I love Karen that you shifted it to wait, do you invite me to tell you how I could help you? Because at the bottom of selling is serving. And that's what I heard you shift into. Like, Oh, I'm all about that. Like, let me, I'm just about to help you. Yep. And that's, and that's exactly what it was. You know, my background in corporate sales was, of course, we had a lot of testosterone. I was in pharmaceuticals. There's a lot of testosterone. Ooh, but I, what I loved about our sales approach was that it was very consultative. So it nice. was, you know, our doctors and doctors talked in a doctor, you know, they're asking questions. And yeah. so you now I'm just asking questions. I'm gathering information. And can I, you know, make an assessment as to whether or not you need what I have or not? Then yes. And if I can help you, then I can help you and I can just serve. And so it was, it's a lot different than the, you know, the, Hey bro, go out there and right. kill it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do bros here. No, no bros. What, what I also loved, what you said was, again, I'm just going to put it in my language. You shifted it from being transactional. Transactional is how can I charge this? How can I do this? Like, that's about me. And like, Oh, and that's where the gremlins, like I call it mindset gremlins will just come and they'll be little vultures. They'll just chew you to bits. And you shifted it to the transformational conversation. How can this serve? It's not about me at all. I have a gift. This thing, this offering or this service can transform you. You can take it or not, right? So it's about the transformation. And I love, love, love. Oh my God, my body was like screaming when you talked about, we will not be humble. I will not shy away. So let's talk about that and the, and the conditioning and, and maybe your journey. I don't know if you ever did that, but that's I'm, I'm fighting on that one like that's that's the fiercely brilliant like the opposite of that is to stand up and be fiercely fucking brilliant and that's who you are today but sometimes it can feel really far away you know when you've been socialized oh, yeah. out of it or life has kicked you in the head a bit you've had some tough times that fierce brilliant seems like you know so do you have a story yeah. about that i totally do i mean i think my entire life was this being a good girl being, you know, I had two older brothers who were very rambunctious, very, very, very rambunctious. I was the only girl. And so I think I immediately went into the be the good girl, you know? And so in being the good girl, that meant doing what my parents asked, you know? And so just even in my career, like you're going to go to college and then you're going to get a good job and make sure it's a government job. So therefore that you just get pension and you can retire. <laughs> Go okay. that totally safe route, you know. Yeah, like just yeah. totally, somebody will take care don't of you. Yeah. yeah, don't take a sales job. Like they were like everything was. At one point, I wanted to move to New York City. We lived in Connecticut, and it's like, no, New York City's bad. You know, it's just yes. like, oh, it's so dangerous. Okay, so and meanwhile, when they were growing up, they used to hang out in New York City all the time. Um, but you know, <laughs> so I always honored thy father and thy mother, you know, and, and bless them because they were just doing the best by me as far as they knew. Um, but somewhere in there, there was this unease, the knowingness of this is not the life for me. I actually did try the government job route and I was a caseworker for state welfare for five years. <laughs> it's just not a, a conducive yeah. environment for yeah. expansion and growth. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah. 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 And so but I found myself wanting to expand people, wanting to, you know, but not knowing why, just knowing like, this isn't the space, like this isn't right for me. And then I went into, that's when I went into pharmaceuticals and it felt a little bit more, there's more autonomy. I got to have like a couple 
car and I got to drive around and go visit doctors, you know, put on some of that fancy suits and stuff. And when I went into the training space, that's where I really felt like in sync. That's where I was just like, because I would see these new sales reps come in. They're nervous. They're anxious. They've got to, they're so, they give you, you know, everything, fire, hose, delivery, got to remember all this information. And then you've got to regurgitate it. It's got to sound a certain way. And being able to take people from a level 10 anxiety down to, you know, like level three, at least so you can get out there, you know, (laughs) and navigate the real world felt natural. It just felt like that was the space. I was on stage. I was doing trainings. We were doing broadcasts and it just felt like, yeah, that's my, that's my jam. Yeah. I threw myself out of it because it was a promotion. And so I went into the managing sales team, which was much more administrative, took me away from people. And then the same aching came back. I was like, this is not, this is not it. This is not the space. And about that time I was starting my family. So I was having a new baby, but I, my, I have a stepdaughter who moved in with us. And so, you know, I was like, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And I was like, I want to start a business, but I don't know what I want to do. And coincidentally enough, one of my colleagues had gone through a coaching certification and she needed to do coach training. Yeah. Would I mind if she practiced on me? Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah, from that experience, I was like, Oh, this is what people do for a living. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what led me down. I got laid off. I started this coaching business. Then I had to go sell myself. I didn't do that well. <laughs> I spent all, my, all the money. Ended up with, in bankruptcy because I didn't. I didn't know that really just going for that business was just being consistent with asking people to to work with me. That was that was all I needed. And the good girl got quiet. Like the point where I was, I was t- putting money in front of me mm-hmm. as. I need this marketing tool and I need that because I need that stuff to amplify. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not enough. I, I can't do it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so all these things like the website and, you know, the drip funnels and all that is to make me look bigger than I really feel that I am. Ooh. And so if I do that, then I look legit and I sound valid and then I'm credible. And if all that does that for me, yeah. I don't have to sell as hard. They'll just come Ooh. to me and they'll say, "Art, brilliant, and therefore I want to work with you. Here is my money." So these but it doesn't like, work that way. No, these are these are like <laughs> these are like just. I hope y'all are like getting the wisdom bombs here because she's calling you out and she's calling me out. Like we have all done this because at the bottom of us, it, this is shame. I'm not enough, and we could have fill in the blank. I'm not enough because there's always some bullshit story about that. And so your strategy was to be the perfect overachieving good girl and then surround yourself with the trappings. But how did you, like, when was the come to Jesus moment when you're like, oh, that's not working? Like, did you have one of those? Or Yeah, when you don't have any more resources. (laughs) Yeah. When you really get down to the point of, okay, I've spent all my resources. I, I just, it is just me. So now I have a choice. I can come out swinging Mm -hmm. and I can find my way. Or I can pack up and just go get a job. Right. And I was just like, no, I made this decision that this is this path I'm supposed to go in. So I've got to, by any means necessary, keep going. And that means I've got to start speaking. And here's the thing, Teresa. I was doing some talks, but it was like Groundhog Day. Because it would be like, here I am. I didn't get the response I wanted. I'm going away. Right, right. (laughs) 
what I didn't understand was every time I didn't get the response I wanted, it was just an opportunity to look at what needs to be adjusted. Because again, I'm not being rejected. It's what I'm putting out there is not being understood. There's something that's not making a connection. So therefore there's an opportunity. This is just data. This is just information. Uh, I don't have to personalize it. Okay. I hope y'all hear that. I hope you're hearing that because that is the game changer. Like, like the way I explain it is you have to stop collapsing and that's what you're doing. I'm out. Oh my God, it didn't work. I can't do it. Like, and, and so you get a burst. And then the, then the little voices, oh my God, nobody bought, I, I suck, I should get a job, blah, blah, blah. But if you can frame it like your Karen is saying, is like, nope, it's just data. Okay, next. So maybe you tweak the audience, or maybe tweak the offer, maybe you tweak the price, right? Just pretend it's a big science experiment and they're just little lab rats running around, right? <laughs> Love That's that. It. That's it, because something will stick if you keep showing up and if you Ooh. keep, a, okay. but if say you that, that, hold on. Something will stick if you keep showing up. <laughs> you keep showing up. Yeah. Something will stick. But if you keep disappearing, it's like your market may be excited. You don't know. You know, like how many times have we all been on Facebook, yeah. right? And we might be posting every day. And then we stop and somebody that we don't even think is looking for us is like, hey, I haven't seen you online lately. Is everything okay? Yeah. yeah. People are always watching. And we've got to remember that. But if we disappear they'll watch somebody else very quickly and they'll say well i guess you're no longer you don't want to do yeah. this anymore so yeah, well, i gotta find somebody to follow you know so i would have loved to have followed you but you're not giving me that yeah, opportunity yeah. anymore so i'm gonna move on you're inspired you know and it, <laughs> thank you it's easy enough to do i mean i'll tell you once i had a one-day event you know i did the whole i do i'm doing a one-day event Woo! Yeah, yeah. and i was so proud because i filled the room and, the, you yeah. know, this was during the time frame, like, you know, we were being told the one day and the multi-day events and the yeah. fill the rooms and then get people running in the back of the room and buying yeah. your stuff. And it was a whole sales event, you know, and I was so excited. And so I presented that whole day when it came to pitch my offer, which I did not feel solid on. I was not solid on my offer. I did not believe in it 100%. And I kept dancing in my head. I had the backup offer. I had the main offer. I had the backup offer, the main offer. And they kept dancing, dancing, dancing. When it came time to pitch my offer from the stage, I bombed it to the point where I was like, it just didn't make sense. It, I felt like I was like, I'm over talking. That's like, what is it yeah. even go? Like I was having an out of body experience. I was like, what is she saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I even forgot to say what the price was. And I jumped off the stage because it was like break to lunch. I jumped off the stage and I had to come back on and I said, don't do what I just did. This is what the offer is. If you're interested in it, da, 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 da. I ended up selling two out of a room full of 50 and felt like a failure because my imagination was at least 10 to 15% of that room was running. Like at least five people. If I got five Absolutely. people, right? And it didn't happen. But mm -hmm. instead of taking that moment and saying, okay, you didn't believe in your offer. You didn't deliver your offer in a way that it really demonstrated the value. Right. You did get two people, so you did something right. Right. I, I was like, that. no, I didn't, I didn't get 48 people, so therefore I did something wrong. You know, and it's so funny how we'll twist right. our brains and right. make us so bad and so wrong. I love that. I love <laughs> when that. there's beauty. But you knew when you were, I call that embodied. You weren't embodied. The offer wasn't, wasn't right. 
And so it wasn't. that is like, if you, if you just take this from Karen's conversation, you can't sell stuff that you're not resonating with. You can't, you can't. So even if some well-meaning, like sometimes I'll, you know, people have been with other mentors and I come and I'm like, really, that's what you have? Like you're, and I can feel it. it, 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 it like you can't sell what you can't believe in. You can't get behind. But I want to talk about, yep. I, want to, I want to go back a little bit. I too have had the bankruptcy experience and because it relates to your story. And I remember in the middle of it, I don't know how hard yours was. I was a single mom and, you know, so I put my, the situation put my kids through hell and I, and I was so stressed. So every night, literally I was anxious. I could barely sleep. And I felt like there was like a devil angel, right? Like there was the two things on my shoulder and one was the, oh my God, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Some, who's going to save me? Who's going to save me? Right? I can't do this. I can't do this. And the other one was like, get up, get up. There is no quitting. Because for me, there is no getting a job. And it was an interesting, and I don't call it angel devil, but I call it like the helpless female in me that was used to having a man take care of her or being saved. And then the entrepreneurial fighting spirit that's like, nobody's going to fucking save you. Get up and work. And oh my God. What yes. was that? It was a decision. It was a decision. And what I heard in your story too, Karen, is you're very employable. You could, you could easily get a job. You decided this is the path. There is no other path. Burn the ships. I will do whatever it takes. And that means handling the little part of me that wants to freaking get little, right? So decision yeah. is so critical to all of this. And I love that your demonstration of like, no, I'm going to. So every time you get a rejection, you decide, nope, not taking it personally. Next, I'm just going to do some data analysis. So I, you didn't speak that, but it's so much a part of your story that I want to highlight it because it goes along with everything you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. And a lot of that was unconscious. There was a lot of oh. just in those moments. Like you, I can look back at it now and say, yes, that's what I was doing all along the way, but I really wasn't. It was, I think the primal fight was, yes. Yes. I made this decision to stay here, so I'm mm -hmm. just going to mm -hmm. stick it out. And that means you know, it's kind of like marriage, rich or poor, this right, health, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. Doing part. Like I, You're I really set, I committed to this and, you know, and, and I, so I get like, especially now, like right now, you know, I started my business at the height of the recession. It was like 2007, 2008. It's going into 2008. And I'm thinking I'm all smart because I'm just going <laughs> to start my own, forge my own path here. <laughs> Women really paying attention going on yeah I was like, oh. and so it was just I said I gotta do it you know like it was just one of those things and so as I look at what's going on now there is this place where it's going to be very easy for people to say I'm going to turn down this light I'm going to shut down I'm going to step away from what I even what I know to be true I think that's what really this kept spurring me on because, you know, I could never name it, but I was like, there's a calling on my heart. It's a calling. It's calling on my heart. And I've got to stay with it, you know, because every time I've tried to jump ship from it, I end up right back in it. It's almost like I get cornered back into, nope, this is the work you're supposed to do, you know? And so I stop fighting it, stop resisting it and just go forward. Then I can have the faith and the trust that what's going to, what's necessary mm -hmm. and what's needed will be there for me. And so that's where it's just like changing that, you know, shifting that to, I'm going to stop fighting Yeah, that's because right. that's exhausting. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. I love that. But you, you said yes to it because a lot of people don't. A lot. Of, it's kind of, sometimes it can be scary, or it can be like I don't know how it's going to work, or I don't know. Nobody in my family's ever done this, or you know what I mean. So to say yes to the calling takes. That's why I think this entrepreneurial journey is not for the faint of heart. You have to have like crazy courage. You have to just and a lot of faith, like a lot of faith. A lot right. of faith beyond faith beyond. Faith. Absolutely. Yep. So and one last thing I want to say on that. Yeah. Well, I just want to say that you know, and and it's not for everybody. Absolutely. And it's okay that if you think it's a calling on your heart and it's just, and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like, cause at some point somewhere in this, like even in the worst times, there is still this good feeling. Like yeah. I would get this, yeah. like my heart still feels good about it. Mm. If you're not feeling it's good, then that's okay. Cause maybe that's not your journey. And that's where you can also say, you know what? My calling is to be working right. in this field, right. still doing great work. I'm mm -hmm. just in a different capacity. That's so that's really beautiful permission. So how do they find you? And is there any, any gifts you have for my people today? Yes, I am KarenGravesCoaching.com. So you can go there, just as I spelled it, KarenGravesCoaching.com. Um, and you could also find me on Facebook. I'm Karen Graves. I have a page on Facebook. But you can also friend me on Facebook. I'm very friendly. Um, I'm always posting on my personal page. I'm on LinkedIn, not so much on Twitter. I'm on IG, not so much. So... <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, my website. Um, and yes, I would. So right now, because people are so uncertain about what direction to go and is this the right place for them to go? And, and even how do I sell at this time? Like what kind of money, you know, like should I be asking for money or what, what is my offer really solid? I am inviting people to have a session with me where I will look at your offer and see, you know, like, mm -hmm. is, does it need to be made over? Is it the right offer? Are you talking to the right audience? Do you have the right message? Are you going to be able to, you know, like to really sell in this market, in this climate? Because what I'm finding is that a lot of companies, well, like we're watching it. People are, companies are pivoting, right? We're seeing that restaurants have to close down. So what are they doing? Curbside delivery, right. you know, pickup delivery. Right. Our businesses are the same way. Our audiences are, have different needs now. Mm -hmm. And so we need to know to, to how can we help them? Mm -hmm. you know? And so this is where there's an opportunity to really scrutinize your own business awesome. and to match it to your audience. So if that's something that people are interested in, they just want this objective viewpoint of this is what you can really sell right now, and this is the direction you can go, and something that you can get really excited about, then I would love to help. And once you say the, say the URL for that, or is, I'll just put in the show notes as well. Yeah, you're, I think you have to put it in the notes. Like, okay. yep, I got, it. I got it. No <laughs> worries, no worries. All right, <laughs> this has been so, and, and if you're wondering, which she's talking about reference to toilet paper and restaurants, um, we're recording this right in the middle of the pandemic, right? At the very beginning weeks of states of emergency. And so in a year, if you're listening to this, you'll be like, oh, we lived through it. All was well. Thank you, God. But we're recording this and it's kind of some scary times. So speaking of scary times and people, it's weird to do business in times when the whole world is in constriction and everybody's paralyzed by fear. So do you have any tips, anything you want to share about that before we wrap up? Absolutely. When it's times of fear, because everybody's going to encounter times of fear, it doesn't matter whether there's a pandemic or yeah. not. You will find yourself in fearful states in your business. The best question, and I, and I take this from Byron Katie, is this true? Yeah. Ooh. You know, what like, you really have to look at the reality for yourself. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in like, this is going on the whole wide world and oh my gosh. 
But if you look at the end of the day and it's like, I'm breathing today, I'm healthy today. You know, I, I'm aware of my personal situation. I can still be of impact. I can still be, and just take a moment to be grounded. And like that, this is where the mindfulness really comes in present moment to worry is to talk about the future, right? What's, what's good is that? We don't know what the future is even on a good day. Right. right? And so past is done. So bring yourself to present, ask yourself what's true for you and stay grounded and you'll be fine. So glad I had you on today. This is such a beautiful interview. I love your wisdom, your story. You are an absolute inspiration. And so if you're listening, I want you to really glean the nuggets, glean the nuggets that Karen talked about is that we have been acculturated to play small, be nice. But you got a badass woman here that demonstrated that path out of that, right? With grace. Karen's, I love the grace and what you bring. So I would love you to leave comments below wherever you're watching this and let us know if there's any way we can support you. So peace and blessings. Much love. Bye. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode. And I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. So each week we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot and I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Skelly. Alrighty, peace and blessings and I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.